Hello, welcome everyone to FMC. It is Tuesday, August 15th. I am Jeremy. That is SP3. I've screwed up the order of entrant here. I forgot my my dear mother. What is the, the math thing for the order of operations? You know what I'm talking about, SP3? The, my, the, the math for order of operations? Yeah, what? it's like my dear, maybe it's Aunt Sally because it's addition, subtraction. My dear Aunt yeah, my dear Aunt Sally. I think about yeah. it. that sounds familiar. But there's like a longer version of it because you throw in like parentheses and uh, the 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 stupid thing that's up top. Uh, um, square root. Square. Yeah, squared and all that stuff. Like you, you throw in all that. It's a long like gimmick that they have. So I don't, I don't know. Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Says the wife. Yeah, Pip. PEMDAS. See, people people know what I'm talking about. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I have about. no idea what you're talking about, so thank you to your <laughs> missus, because we would have been lost here. would have been lost here without her. Well, I, I messed up. I mean, I'm always lost without her, but I messed up the order of operations, the, the order of the intro, because I did it's FMC, here's the date, and then our introduction. It's, I never do that. It's always FMC, do the names, then do the date. I'm I'm out of it. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is today. Well, Topsy turvy. Uh, it's yeah. Okay, it End of summer. To the best of us. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, and you, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta step up your game. You got the, you got the, the, the in the weeds promotion on Mondays. Uh, so now Mondays is really like your game day. That's like your Sunday off football. And now today <laughs> is your off day after the big football game. So you're kind of out of it. I understand. No worries. Uh, it's not even, it's not even that. It's just, I do think it's like end of summer. It's been a, it's been a long weekend. I'm not going to get into it all, but the, the wife is listening. She understands. Uh, she, she mentioned we got woken up in a bullshit way is what happened. That's very true as well. Uh, alarm system went off. Everything's fine, but Kids want to go outside and play. The alarm's on. It's like you realize we got to turn this thing off before you can open the door. So we got woken up like that. Yeah, it's 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 been just a long like forty eight hours. I feel maybe a little bit extended, but I'm so tired. SP three. I'm so tired. How are you, buddy? I am doing all right. I I finished up on some. All of my wrestling content for last week, yesterday, with the G1 reviews. So, got all that out the way. So, I'm happy to be here to talk about not wrestling on a wrestling channel, as only FMC can. And I don't have any Laker things to talk about. We still are the best free oh agency gosh. job of 2023 offseason. Oh but we have some, some James Harden stuff to discuss yeah, we got him calling out Daryl Morey. I've seen the video evidence. We got to talk about that. We got two episodes of the Challenge USA Part 2, with the second episode being one of the best episodes of the Challenge, period, across all different spinoffs and the regular show in about four or five years. Uh, but yeah, we got to talk about that. We also got to finish up our Challenge tier list, so... Got a lot to do on the show. James Harden. We'll start with basketball. It's been it's been at least like a week since we started with basketball because there hadn't been anything happening. And this isn't, I mean, it's new information, but stuff doesn't fully change as far as what the outcome is going to be. James Harden's been wanting to be traded 
all offseason. He opted in to the final year of his deal, basically on the request, promise, whatever it might be, that he was going to be traded once he opted in. So he still has not been traded. He was doing a community charity event in China, whatever it might be. And he said, you know, Daryl Moore is a liar. He's a liar. I'll never play for this organization again. Daryl Moore is a liar. He reiterated it. And now yeah, he, he reiterated the yeah. complete full sentence. He was like, Daryl Morey is a liar. And I will, well, I will never play for this organization or any organization. He is a part. Yeah. Um, so it's reached the pa- the point of no return for, for these two, which is kind of crazy because there's been no bigger champion of James Harden. This is the one title Daryl Morey has won the, the James Harden affection title that's the one title he's won in his career there's been no bigger champion of james harden than daryl morey in houston when he traded for him um from, from okc he was like we're gonna give him the reins we're gonna give him the keys we're gonna let him be the player he needs to be and he did and they had success there's no denying they, they didn't have success they didn't the title though but like multiple mvps they ended up uh in the the conference finals they were a chris paul injury away from potential finals appearance like They were there. They were right there. And then left Houston. Couldn't just couldn't do that anymore. And he went to Philly because Philly, when they had Ben Simmons, Daryl Morey looked at James Harden and was like, that's who I want. That's my guy. We're going to pair Harden and Embiid. And, you know, James is going to become a better player. He's going to make Embiid become a better player. He's been the biggest champion of James Harden throughout this and pretty much his entire career. And now something has happened to where James Harden is no longer a fan of Daryl Morey. And the man who empowered him to be this version of himself, because Daryl Morey was the one who said, we're going to build the team this way, and this is the way we're going to play, to maximize James Harden's one-on-one ability and draw fouling ability and just the way he plays the game. We're going to put the best pieces around him to maximize that. He empowered James Harden to be this version of James Harden. And now it's all blown up in his face because apparently he'd lied about something. What that is, I think we can speculate. I think there is enough tea leaves out there to know what that is. I don't think it's all legal stuff that they were trying to coax here. But uh, it's past the point of no return. And now Sixers say they're not going to trade him. They want to bring him into training camp. James Harden says, I ain't showing up training camp. Nope, that ain't happening. How, how does this end? SP3, how do you think this ends? Isn't this like, it feels like deja vu because I feel like they went through this whole thing with uh, Ben Simmons where it was more of like an injury than like, but the whole not coming into training camp and everything like that, like Sixers need a a whole overhaul. I don't know if Daryl Morey is the guy long-term for that organization, uh, as you see, his longest lasting relationship with a player is blowing up in a large scale way, way. So I don't know if that's the the best uh, vote of confidence for his ability in the role. So, yeah, as as far as this situation with James Harden, he's going to get traded. He's going to have to be traded because I think that he's putting his foot down. 
the the reason why he made this statement. He saw someone recording. He knew it would get out there. He made his statement at the first possible uh, opportunity that he could during a community event. So he obviously is very adamant in the way he's feeling. So when he says he's not going to be in training camp, I believe him. And I think that the Sixers are going to be forced. Uh, they're gonna, their hand is going to be forced and they're going to have to either look for a trade or take one of the trades that's already been offered that they didn't they didn't like. And they're going to have to accept it because what it seems like, you know, to kind of it, kind of elaborate on what you were kind of alluding to from the tea leaves and all the information that you're saying here and that has been kind of put out there. It seems like the Sixers and James Harden had an agreement for him to opt into his last year and to be traded with the promise to be traded. Once, once he wasn't given that, or once he's being told the reports come out that they're going to not, they're stopping trade talks and they're going to want him to be, you know, be in training camp and try it out with him this year. This goes against what he agreed to, to opt in because James Harden possibly could have made more money on the open market instead of just opting in to his final year. We don't know. We don't know. I think you're wrong. Some people, some people are dumb. Some, 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 some teams are dumb. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been surprised if a team would have paid James Harden even more than he's make. He's gonna make this year. I think you're wrong in what the agreement actually was because this goes back to last off season, not this off season. Last off season, where Harden turned down the big extension he didn't sign for max money last off season he signed for a little bit less because so they could sign pj tucker and daniel house and then they did that the league investigated all that they docked them some second round picks because they're like yeah there might have been some tampering there i think the agreement went back to there where wink wink and a nod hard and said i'll sign for less so we can get some players that we want. And of course, they were just Houston Rocket retread players. But so we can get some players we want on this team. And then next offseason, that's when I get my big max deal. And then what happened in the middle of this season, SB3? The leaks came out that James Harden was flirting with Houston. And the moment those leaks came out, and they came out from the James Harden camp, because Houston ain't say shit about wanting James Harden. Houston never said anything about that. Those leaks from came from the James Harden camp. And if they're coming from the Harden camp, that means at the time they came out, which I believe was December, at the time they came out, that's when I think the relationship went wonky between Harden and Maury. Because they wanted to go ahead and talk extension at that point. It seems like the Sixers maybe didn't want to. They wanted to let the season play out and see how things went. We know how things went. They had a good regular season. They blew a 3-2 lead to Boston. James Harden had two tremendous, amazing games. And then four, I guess five, not so very good games. Like five pretty awful games, if we're being honest about it. And then they were like, you know what? I don't. We don't know about doing a max deal here. That's a lot of money to commit to an aging point guard who great, like still a great playmaker, but whose playoff history is his playoff history. Maybe we can use that elsewhere. Maybe we can trade you. Then Harden just decided, okay, I'm going to opt in. Please trade me. I think the fractured relationship goes back a year 
And that's when the winks and the nods, the agreements were made. And then Daryl Morey at some point lied about what was going to happen. But I think Harden thinks, and maybe again, it was agreed upon under the table because this is illegal to do, uh, of agreeing to, yeah, I'll take less money now to get paid more later. You can't actually do that in the NBA. I know that you can do a lot of things in the NBA, but you can't do that. Um, But I think the agreement was, I'll take less money now so we can sign some guys and then I get my max deal next offseason. And I think Maury was like, uh, I don't know about that. But look when the leaks came out to Houston. Because Houston was the team with cap space. It was a very obvious reason why Houston was that team that was listed. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go to the Clippers then. Because the Clippers didn't have cap space to sign him. Houston had the cap space. There was obviously the past relationship there with them but on the whole Houston never made a lot of sense for James Harden but they had the money everyone knew they were going to have the money it's like oh yeah Houston will pay him all that money I think that's when things started between Maury and Harden and I only really think that they even put out the reports to James Harden camp was to basically kind of further I'll, I'll help their argument as far as the contract negotiations with the Philadelphia 76ers. So when Philadelphia came back and were kind of soured by that coming out that, yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. That's when the relationship all fall apart, but we don't know what the agreement was. We don't know what, what uh, was said to each other, but all we know is being blown up in a, in a big way. And we're here talking about basketball to start off the show. So I'm happy to see it. As far as uh, where do I think James Harden will go? I mean, I got to ask you, where do you think James Harden will go? And how do you think this is going to pan out with the Sixers? Daryl Morey has proven to be very stubborn. And I'll say that it is a bad thing because he held on to Ben Simmons and he held on and he held on when it seemed like, okay, why would you do this? Just go ahead and trade that guy. And he got James Harden out of that deal. And that, look, he wanted someone that they could slot in who could make them still a contender once they traded Ben Simmons. And that's what happened. Right now, there is not a great offer for James Harden. The Clippers have no reason, even if the Clippers have their their best offer, which includes Terrence Mann, that's not the best return package for James Harden. And the Clippers right now don't feel the incentive to give up Terrence Mann, which is fair. If you're not, if you're only bidding against yourself, why would you try to give up your best trade package? Like I understand the Clippers position on this you know you know my stance on these guys i think all the both these players lillard and harden are being bitch made with uh i only want to go to this team type of thing but i understand that the the teams miami and the clippers aren't going to give up their best player when they have no reason to give up the a good player in the deal so the clippers aren't making their best offer is anybody else making an offer we haven't heard that because we know that harden just wants to go to the clippers i think you you're playing a risky game if you're the Sixers. And the risk is that do you bring Harden into camp? He's clearly not happy. He clearly doesn't want to be around the team. Just even show up to camp. Like, I know there's some protections of, of that, but you can say he's injured much. Like I And I do think Ben Simmons was injured because that's why he didn't play for most of the season um, once he got traded to the Nets and everything. But you can Harden can say he's injured and all of this stuff, so that way they're not docked any money. Harden specifically is not docked any money or anything like that. So do you bring him into camp, start him with the season? 
does he play? If he plays, what's that look like on the court? If he doesn't play, you risk losing games because your team is just at a disadvantage in the fact that like you just don't have James Harden on the court. You're a worse team by not having James Harden on the court. He's obviously still an excellent basketball player, and he makes your team better. You're a worse team without him on the court, so you risk losing yeah. some early games. Um, so do you hold on to Harden in hopes – that you get a situation like a few years ago with a James Harden of, oh, James Harden wants out of the nets. Wait, we got Ben Simmons to offer up. Let's make that deal. Let's say I'm throwing just a wacky hypo- hypothetical out here. I'm not, I don't know if this is uh, anything. Let's say Toronto decides, okay, we gotta, we gotta figure this out. They OG and Anobi wants out. And then somebody else wants out of, of Toronto or maybe doesn't want out, but like Toronto's willing to, to offer up somebody. Yeah. It's like, okay, we got James Harden to trade. Does Toronto make an offer? But we, we see this all the time. I'm just using Toronto as an example. We see this all the time. In the NBA. No, that's actually, like, that's actually not a, an impossible trade to think about. Like, I think that if you, if you said that trade maybe three years ago, They'd be like, oh, man, Toronto's fleecing them. But a lot has happened since then. And OG Ananobi fits the Philadelphia 76ers and the style of play that they they uh, play on the court. So I think it would work. But do I do I see them even getting that at this point? Like, I think that you no, might they- be right. You might be right in the fact that they have to kind of wait it out. They have to wait it out. They can't they can't make any moves in the offseason right now. And here, here's my point on that is I'm looking at just – I'm using Toronto as an example. Yeah. But just think about a team. Think about a player. How many times has it happened in the NBA halfway through the season, you know, 20 games into the season, whatever it might yeah. be, a team is not as good as they thought they were going to be. A player is not, not happy with things. And once that opens things up, again, look at the Harden situation a few years ago with the Nets. The Nets came into the season, oh, they're the heavy favorites. Everything's going to be great. They're going to be in the NBA Finals. 20 games into the season, Kyrie's missing half the games. Durant gets hurt. James Harden's like, fuck this team. And then all of a sudden, James Harden requests a trade. It happens every single year in the NBA. And so if you're the Sixers, do you just hold out for that of like, hey, 20 games in, somebody's going to become available. And then when they become available, can we deal James Harden to that team to, to and make that trade? That's what the Sixers, if they hold on to James Harden through uh, entering the season, that's what they are hoping for. If it doesn't happen, and look, history says it's probably going to happen, but if it doesn't happen, then you risk the return package getting worse because then the Sixers might feel much more pressure to go ahead and deal him to potentially salvage a season of Joel Embiid's prime. And then, you know, that's and, a risk. And you have to ask the question, how stubborn is James Harden? And will he actually sit out, sit out, uh, you know, of the training camp and sit out of the season uh, if, if he's still on the Philadelphia 76ers? So you either either way, you're kind of mortgaging uh, a, a season of of Joel Embiid's career, like even waiting 20 games, 20 games, you could be behind the eight ball already or you could have a miraculous comeback. Like the 2022 okay, Los Angeles, not, the 2022, 2023 Los Angeles Lakers, you know, had a 
mir- miraculous uh, comeback after our first 20 games. But, you know, you don't have to tie everything. Not everybody is the Los Angeles Lakers. Not everybody has LeBron James and Anthony Davis and uh, Austin Reeves. But the Philadelphia 76ers, they have to get more than just one player to me. I feel like they have to get if they could get two decent players for James Harden. I think that's the best possible solution for them, whether it's waiting 20 games in, whether it's waiting half the season and waiting to the trade deadline, because I think that they might find themselves in that situation if they wait out too long. I don't know if you they're going to be able to wait all the way to the deadline. It's going to depend on whether or not Harden plays. And again, I think there's a protections to where you can't um, – he can't sit out unless he's just like injured. He, he's going to get docked money or something if he just sits out to sit out. So I don't think he's going to do that. But, you know, again, you can fake an injury. You can say he's injured, whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, it's how stubborn are the Sixers going to be with this? And will there be another team that is willing to step up and actually and actually make an offer for James Harden? Because right now, we only have the Clippers who, because that's where James Harden said he wants to play. He said he wants to play on the Clippers. So you're going to need another team to step up and create some type of bidding war here because right now the Clippers don't have a reason to give up anybody. They're giving up Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, and, and some draft picks. They don't even want to give up Terrence Mann, but they're not giving up anything. But until another team steps up with an offer, they got no reason to. And will another team step up with an offer? Just knowing the history of James Harden, knowing you're only getting James Harden for one season, potentially three quarters of a season, potentially half a season. Are you willing to step up? Because there's no guarantee if you trade for James Harden, he's going to resign with your team once you trade for him. He's a free agent after this after this year. So you don't want to give up that much if you have no guarantees of re-signing him. You don't want to give up that much if he doesn't bring you over the top to potentially win a championship in this season. The Raptors took that risk with Kawhi Leonard, and it worked out. They got a title out of it. He did not re-sign, but they got a title out of it. They felt comfortable taking that risk because they had a very good team that was just basically one piece away and helped that LeBron James left and, and left the East and kind of really opened up the East a little bit. But they were one. They felt they were one piece away. They felt, okay, well, DeMar DeRozan, Kawhi Leonard is an upgrade from him. So let's go ahead and make that deal. The Thunder took that risk with Paul George. You know, they, they traded for him when everybody said he wanted to go. He said he wanted to go to LA. And he ended up re-signing with them. Like it didn't work out on that. They traded him. We we all know that story, but they still took that risk. Is there a team that's going to be out there taking that risk? And it's a lot different situation because Paul George, that was his first trade request. Kawhi Leonard, that was his first trade request. Both those guys much younger than James Harden is now with uh, this trade request. This is also James Harden's third, third trade request. He's older. He still wants his money. He plays the way he's going to play. That's a, Kawhi Leonard, great all-around player, can do a lot of different things, fits into any system pretty easily. Paul George, great all-around player, fits into any system pretty easily. James Harden, James Harden. He's got to have the ball in his hands. He's going to do a lot of his dribble moves and iso plays and things like that. Still a great dribble passer. Step back. Can, yeah, can run the pick and roll. He ain't coming off screens. He ain't helping your defense that much. He's not going to do all those little things that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are going 
are going to do. So much different scenarios when you're talking about potentially trading for this version of James Harden compared to trading for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And is any team going to step up and make that trade with the risk that are involved? I, I can see there's potentially some teams that have like young core that may get into it. I see uh, Trey in the chat bringing up Dallas, who was my one of my initial thoughts of the, 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 the most even trade of problematic players would be Kyrie for James Harden. And I think that Dallas would win that trade because I think that James Harden might actually be able to play well with with uh, Luka Doncic for some reason. I don't know. I don't know what, why I feel that way. That, I don't know why that, I feel that way, but I, I just I feel like they would play better with each other than Kyrie plays with Luka Doncic. And I feel like Kyrie could help uh, could help Joel Embiid. So I don't know. That trade feels very much like an even move for Dallas. Yeah. And then you're really leaning into, you're basically doing the Chris Paul, James Harden thing. And Luka Doncic is a better player than Chris Paul, especially at the various stages they were in. But it's just going to be your turn, my turn with ISO, which is already what it was with Kyrie and Luka. Like, I think if you're Dallas, you probably try to keep Kyrie since he just resigned with your, your team. You probably tried it. And I think um, Kyrie signed a, a what deal for with uh, Dallas? How, how long did he, he sign? I think it was for? three years. Okay, so the, the Sixers, Daryl Morey has said they want to be able to kind of maximize cap space after this season as well. And that was a big, a big point of the James Harden thing. And I think a, kind of a reason why they didn't want to give him a long a long-term deal because then you're committing long-term money to an aging point guard whose game might not age all that well and who has the playoff failures that he has. I don't know if they're looking to take on like a a contract that big for for extra time. So, I think if you're Dallas, and also why are you going to give up Kyrie in that deal? You can't trade him until December anyway. So, any any type of Kyrie trade isn't happening until mid-December. So I think if Dallas is probably looking at trading the younger players, whoever that is, and then shipping them off to to Philadelphia, is that a deal Philadelphia wants to make? I don't know. Um, you know, Maury's talked about Maury's talked about like we either want to get players who can win now, or we want to get young players draft picks who we can flip to get players who can win now. So maybe they do take some of the younger guys in uh, Dallas, like like uh, like Hardy and guys like that and then draft picks and then they flip them for a player who might be unhappy elsewhere. And uh, they flip them for a player who might be unhappy elsewhere to try to win. Now, maybe that's the route um, Philadelphia ends up taking on this, but Dallas Dallas works in the fact that Mark Cuban is always chasing these stars. And so Mark yeah. Cuban's probably willing to make some type of deal if he feels it's beneficial for his team. Yeah, he's going to be like, James Harden's got a few more seasons. Did you see him in the playoffs? He's got a few more seasons left in him. He can he can show show Luka the way. Show Luka how to become an MVP. He's done it himself. I can see all of that happening. Uh, but yeah, the James Harden whole situation has blown up. It felt like uh, the Dame Lillard situation was kind of the, the, the messiest maybe like two weeks ago, but now this James Harden thing just escalated very, very quickly. We'll see how it uh, eventually all plays out. It's 
I thought by the end of August, we would get resolutions to this. We are halfway through August. The Lillard trail has gone quiet. Um, yep. I don't know if that's good or bad. The James Harden trail got picked up because James Harden is calling Daryl Morey a liar. I don't know what the solution is. We, you know, we laid out some scenarios here, but it's going to come down to kind of who's willing to blink first. If Daryl yep. Morey is willing to blink on doing a deal sooner rather than later, or if he's going to hold his stare and into into the season to where he thinks he can get better value out of James Harden. It's a, it's a risky game. You're playing a, a big risk when it comes to the, the Sixers and this season for them. How does Joel Embiid feel about this? You know, if, if James Harden doesn't show up, if the Sixers don't do anything, if they spend half the season where Embiid's got to carry the team even more and then he burns himself out. I mean, the longevity of him when it comes to playoffs and things like that, we talk about the wear and tear and him playing so many games. And, you know, I was reading stats of, you know, and be at his best when he gets the rest, when he gets like two days rest and things like that. That's why people think he kind of breaks down in the playoffs is because the, they don't play back to back, but they're playing essentially every other day. It's like, yeah, Embiid, he wears out playing every other day. And it, it's, that's why his playoffs are what they are. Now, if you're tasking him with carrying this team without James Harden, how's what's the long term of that for this season? And you know how yeah. how does he feel about Daryl Morey and all of this stuff? Now, James Harden's firing some big shots, calling this man a liar. And you know I, we've talked about Portland. Ah, uh, Portland. Who cares? Nobody's going to Portland anyway as a free agent. Trade Dame wherever he wants to be, or just trade him wherever whoever's offering the best package. Where right now it's not anybody but trade whoever trade trade them to whoever's offering the best package who cares if oh what about future free agents ain't no future free agents coming to portland so who gives a shit about these future free agents free agents want to come to philly philly is a pretty decent destination and you know if james harden's calling daryl Morey a liar that might affect their ability to get some of these future free agents that might affect joel Embiid. And how he's feeling about this team. So James Harden fired big shots with that. And this is like an organizational thing. And it's a legacy organizational thing. Because there's been way too many times with the Philadelphia 76ers in my lifetime. That there's been disagreements between either management, coaching, and the the players. Whether it's Allen Iverson. uh, You know, there was times that Iguodala got into it with management. So it seems that this is kind of an ongoing thing. But it's kind of sad to see. Because Daryl Morey and... And James Harden, I don't think there was ever kind of like a GM player kind of matchup, president G, uh, president GM player kind of that you you recognize together. Like their names are synonymous with each other. There hasn't been a lot of them like that in this generation of the NBA. And that was the, the main one that we knew of. So to see it kind of disintegrate, you know, before our lives and, and at a rapid pace i did not see this yeah i did not foreshadow this happening and you know it all goes down to what was said between the two sides which i don't think we'll know unless james harden feels a certain way james harden will be back here point we'll be back here next tuesday to talk about how james harden (laughs) just told everybody what him and daryl moyer agreed with and why daryl moyer is a liar
a I don't want to say Daryl Morey only has himself to to blame, but he empowered he empowered James Harden to this level when it came to the on court product. He gave James Harden. He said, "I'm going to put the ball in your hands. Do what you want with yeah. it." And look, James Harden did again. They had the success that they had. I think it was a successful partnership. I know it didn't end with a championship. I don't base everything off of a championship. It was a successful partnership. They got a lot out of it, but Daryl Morey empowered him to this level by doing everything he could to put these pieces around James Harden, to tell James Harden to be James Harden. And now that power has blown up in his face because James Harden's like, yeah, you've done this. You're the one who put me in this position. Now you've gone back on some things and I'm out. You're a liar. I'm out. And that's that. Oh. Like you're, like everything you describe is, you know, sorry again if this is a wrestling reference, but the Ronda Rousey promo before SummerSlam about the king. They gave all the, the stable hands, everything they could want and offer. And then one of the stable hands became entitled to what they what the king was giving them and decided to kill the king. That's 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 James Harden. <laughs> Um, well, I do want to comment on this, this comment that we have. I'm sending this link to our pal, Cher Delaware. She's a basketball fan now. She's a big Steph Curry fan. So we're going to get her to weigh in on some Steph Curry. Trey is just asking, what team is in a position to make a trade for Harden? And that's kind of my thoughts on, on things as well. And this is the same thing when it came to Damian Lillard is I'm looking at other teams and I'm thinking, which team thinks this guy puts them over the top and which team is willing to give up pieces for that guy. And I've had this discussion with, with my buddy Samer and like, there aren't that many, like the bulls, maybe the bulls, but is Zach Levine, if, the guy you want to give up, like it, DeMar DeRozan, if, is he, if, if uh, Miami kind of banks out of this Dame Lillard sweepstakes, yeah, did they, I think they would Harden? be. They could be in a good position because you have Tyler Hero, and I don't even think with with them. Like I know Tyler Hero has. To, I feel like Tyler Hero has to be a part of the trade for Dame Lillard. I don't necessarily feel that with James Harden. No, I feel he like absolutely have, has to be part of it because otherwise, no, stop this SB three. Because then, what are they giving up? What are they? I mean, they everyone knows they want to trade Tyler Hero as it is. If I'm Philadelphia, sure. honestly, if I'm Philadelphia. And I'm looking at the package that uh, Miami is reportedly offering that is reportedly offering Portland for Lillard. I'm looking at that and I'm like, I'll take that deal. And I, I still don't think it's a good package, but it's they're in two different spots, right? Portland's looking yeah. to rebuild. They're looking to tear things down. Tyler Hero does not fit that at all. That's why they don't want Tyler Hero because he does not fit in any type of rebuild for That's them. True. And they already got enough guards to that they're trying to build up. And Tyler Hero just kind of not that Tyler Hero Tyler Hero's a good player, but you don't want to log jam that when you're already trying to build up Simons and Scoot Henderson. Um I'm in Philadelphia though, I'm like Tyler Hero, he can give us a lot of scoring. Uh, I forgot who else is in that deal, but you get these draft picks, maybe you flip those draft picks for another player. I'm thinking that's not a terrible deal for me. That's not bad. So honestly, if I'm Philadelphia. I'm probably calling Miami 
and being like, I would. we will take that trade package. And Tyler Hero, mm-hmm. Struess, or whichever one, because Vincent went to the Lakers. Um, Struess, whoever else you're giving up, and all these draft picks, we'll take that deal. And so yeah. that's, I would do that if I'm Philly. Be, then otherwise, people are saying James Harden in Miami is a bad. Yeah, it's absolutely a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah, Philadelphia is absolutely a bad idea. We're yeah. talking, we're thinking about Philadelphia. We're then we're not thinking about Miami, the if Miami I'm, side of this. Look, if I'm Miami and I can't get like if the if Portland's not budging on Lillard, at some point you gotta do something because right yeah. now Miami's in a they're worse than they were last year, simply because they've lost some some of their pieces from last year's teams and they didn't really do anything to replace them. And You've now also, people expect them. What's that? Now people expect them. Yeah, they didn't expect you before. Now they're going to expect you, even yeah. even with the losses that you took as far as personnel. So they're not as good as they were last year. Miami's got you get James Harden. That makes you better. It, it makes you better. Is he a better fit than Damian Lillard? No. Is he still a very good player? Yes. Like I understand the the worries there. I totally get the worries of um. Miami, yeah, my, I understand that. That's my concern too. Money Mark is James Harden living in Miami is the concern <laughs> there. Not so much the fit on the team because Lillard and the Harden fit for the city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the fit for the city. That's it. Uh, Trey says, if I'm Miami and I can't get Dame, I wouldn't trade for Harden. So you would just keep the same team that that you have now. Like you just wouldn't. It's Dame or bust. I I roll the dice and take the risk with Harden. I, again, I get the concerns. Believe in the heat culture, believe in the fact that James Harden at this stage. Yes, I'm sure he does. I'm positive. He wants to go out party in Miami every night. I think he also wants to win a championship and he ain't got too many more shots at winning a championship. And Miami's a good shot at winning a title. I'd try to bank a little bit on that. And I, I'd go after Harden if I couldn't get Dane. I honestly would. I don't mind that at all. I honestly am not as down on that as I thought I would be. And like I said, I don't think uh, Tyler Hero necessarily has to. But like you said, if you're Philadelphia, you look at the trade package that has been given to Dame Lillard. And if, you know, Miami's in a spot where they're desperate, they want to make a move. They lost Gabe Vinson. They lost Roots. They want to get. They want to get back into that fold where a lot of people believe after a Dame Lillard trade, they are probably the best team in the East. You want to at least be in the mix with Boston, who just picked up uh, Pazingas. You want to be in the mix with the Milwaukee Bucks that re re up pretty much their whole squad. Their core is back with them, and they're going to be probably better and have a chip on their shoulder after the last two seasons so yeah you want to be in the mix with those guys and now that philly is philly can take a step back a step forward we don't know with get with trading off james harden you want to make a move that helps your team and i feel like james harden is at least something that's going to help them as far as he's he led the league in assists he's a great he's a great facilitator a great passer He's not just gonna gonna chuck up the shots like he used to. I don't think that, and he's he's lowered his shoot his amount of uh, shooting per game every single season since he went to uh, the Brooklyn Nets. So I think that he can continue on that with the Miami Heat as well. I'm not as down on it as I see a lot of people in the chat on. 
I'm not down on it from a team perspective because one, Eric Spolcher is an excellent coach. He's around pieces that he's never been around before. He's always been the centerpiece until he got to Philadelphia and Embiid plays a certain way that you've got to kind of adapt to. And Harden did. Harden did become more of a playmaker and facilitator and it, it worked out for them. They got as far as they got. He wouldn't have to carry way less of the offense because Jimmy Butler's there. Bam is there and he just doesn't have to do as much. He'd also have to do a little bit less on defense because their, their structure and their system on defense. Miami also look, they, they got hot shooting in, in the playoffs where they had none in the regular season, but they like to shoot the ball from three. James Harden would have to adapt more. And that would be a little bit of a concern because I don't think James Harden is as adaptable as Damian Lillard, at least throughout his career. He's never really shown it. James Harden plays the way he plays and look, he for for the Sixers and Embiid, he changed up his style a little bit, but it was still a lot of pick and roll stuff. He would have to just do a little bit more off ball that we've not seen from him throughout his career. And you know, is he willing to do that? I I don't know. The hope is that Jimmy Butler, Bam, and Spolstra could get him to buy in to do that. But whether or not he does is a completely different story. Um, a couple of things. Trey says I'd wait until the deadline to make a trade. I understand that thought. Why the two things on that one, you don't know. You don't know who's going to be available at the trade deadline. And you know, you're still probably giving up Tyler hero in this deal. If you want to make a big move, you got to give up hero at some point. Like you're the, the rest of those pieces. You're not able to make any type of big move with the rest of those pieces. It, it's got to be hero involved in the deal Two, I've said this before. Deadline deals, in-season deals, they don't work out as often as people think. The moves that work out the best happen in the offseason. Those are the yeah. moves that end up working out for teams. Even if it's like in training camp and things like that, the, the deadline deals just very often do not – the big splashy – I'm talking big splashy deadline deals. If you want to do fringe deals at the deadline, fine. Those might work out. But the splashy deadline deals very rarely – workout it is usually in the off season because that's when you get the full training camp or the good bit of training camp you get the season to work out through the kings and things like that i sp3 might bring up the lakers because he's always going to bring up the lakers the deals they made in this past trade deadline were not splashy deals that a, a name russell westbrook no d'angelo russell for russell westbrook that's not this big splashy then he get kevin durant kevin durant was a splashy yeah. deal Russ's value was at an all-time low. D'Angelo Russell's value was at an all-time low. These were not fringe deals, but they weren't splashy deals. These were these were deals that where they just reshaped the entire team around yeah. LeBron and Anthony Davis. They were not splashy, let's go after a star type of thing. Yeah. This was, we got our two guys, let's put the pieces, let's put actual pieces that fit around them for the first time since we we won. A championship. They were not these big splashy deals like Kyrie Irving. That's a splashy deal. Jane or Kevin Durant, splashy deal. Those were the big deadline deals. It doesn't all the big splashy deadline deals don't often work. It is usually the reshape or fringe deals that work out better at the trade deadline. Um, hey, and then, you wanted to name just a few, and you, you know, I'll go historically. The Lakers made a splashy deal that that worked out in the mid in the mid season, and that was Paul Gasol. Paul Gasol coming to the Los All right, Angeles. Great, Lakers you're going back two for decades. For Kwame Brown, for Kwame Brown, not two decades. 
two decades. Not two decades. decades. It was 15 years ago. Okay. Still, you're going all right. You're going back 15 years ago to to get this deal. Great. Great. It's a great, great deal. All time deal. All time. Did they win a title that year? Did they win a title that year? We went into the NBA finals. You act like that's nothing. No, that is that is big. Like that, that's good that they they made it to the NBA Finals that year. They didn't win the title I'll, I'll, that year. The I'll Heat were back. just in the finals. I'll, the Heat were in the and finals. And they won the they won the championship the next the following year. Okay, good. Uh, you know why? Because they the had the offseason and everything. The next two years. Good. I, I'm not saying it might it say doesn't work out down the line. The Suns might win a title this year, but the Rasheed deadline Wallace deal to the Detroit Pistons. Rashid to the Pistons. They won a title that year. Did they? I think they did. I'm asking you. You're the one who brought it up. When did, let's see. When did Rasheed Wallace? Yeah, I do think they won the title that year, 03 or 04. Yeah, that's the year. Yeah, that was, that's the year. Okay, won. great. You're going back two decades. Again, two decades. Now that was that was 20 years ago, folks. Yeah. So he got me there. I can't, I can't debate him on that. But, hey, that's one. And then you have another one where the, the, the team made it to the NBA Finals. Two decades ago, SB3. That was 15 years ago with the guy that made it to the NBA Finals. Two decades. The I'm talking recent, at least recent history. Two decades what, is not recent. There hasn't been a lot of like splashy midseason. Are you kidding moves, me? Except for except for this season. Are you kidding me? James what, Harden and Ben right. Simmons was two years ago. Okay. What that's are we one. doing here, SB3? That's one. That's what one. What are we doing here? That's a pretty that's big a deal. That's, that's a, a pretty big deal. That's a that's the exception to the rule, not the rule. That's a pretty big deal. That's the exception to the rule, but not the rule. What do you mean that's the exception to the rule? Like you name one in the last what five, six years? It's not I, like I just I told you Kevin Durant. Really, I told you Kevin Durant. I told you I Kevin said, Durant. Outside of this season where we had multiple splashy moves, there really isn't a lot of that we get one every other season, pretty much. No. In the you're in wrong. the midseason or during the season. Wrong on this. Wrong. What what was the splashy move in the 2021-2022 season? Hold on. I'll tell you. That was the James Harden deal. Okay, I mean the 2020-2021 season. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, that's your theory. I'm going to fight you. I'm going to fight you. <laughs> I'm going to fight you, SV3. It, depending on how splashy you want to get, Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets was a pretty big deal because Aaron Gordon Aaron was Gordon the, to the Nuggets? Aaron Gordon was Are the best player me? on the Magic. Aaron well, Gordon not, was the best player on the Magic. It, it's not like it had much of an impact. They did the same result that they would do the next following year and the year after that. That's what I'm telling you. It doesn't work out, these these deals. It might work out the following line. But that's James not a Harden, splashy move. James Harden. James Harden. James Harden, James Harden, Harden was Gordon, another deal. Aaron Gordon because... has never even been an all-star. How are we, how are we naming Aaron Gordon? At least, okay. at least the criteria has to be an all-star. You have to at least play an all-star game to be considered a splat. Not even a splashy move. James Harden, I muted you. James Harden was traded from the Rockets to the Nets the season before. So James Harden, two years, SB3. Two years in a row. It didn't work out. 
Next! 2019-2020. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I've given you plenty of examples, and they all involve James Harden. So quit exactly. fucking trading for James exactly. Harden. We're, we're, just, we're just making this the James Harden show, folks. Yeah, quit Mellow trading to the for Knicks him. was a decade ago. Quit trading for him. That's that's the point of all this. <sighs> I've given you plenty of examples. You did great. You did plenty great. Of Congratulations. You want, do you James want... Harden. James Harden gets traded every freaking season. Yeah. Apparently. It's not my fault. Andrew Wiggins for D'Angelo Russell? Or is that not splashy enough for you? That's not you splashy. Really Neither one of them played an all-star game at that point. D'Angelo Russell was an all-star by that point, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, with the Nets. Yeah, so there you go. I, I built a, your criteria. A, Next, oh, are you going to move these goalposts again? You're going to keep picking up, dig up the goalposts, pick them up, now move them some more? Yes. Come on, move the goalposts again, SP3. I'm not moving the goalposts. 2018, 2019. Mark Gasol, he was an all-star. For who? Uh, that's when he went to the Raptors. Are we really going to say Marcus All to the Raptors in 2019? Marcus All, who was probably averaging like 10 points. They, they actually won a title. Point. They actually won a title yeah. that year, didn't they? Yeah, they actually. Yeah, so you buried the deal, this, not realizing this, they won a title. No, I and didn't. Then it no, actually I, did realize, I did realize that they won a title. You did. It's, it's not a splashy move. So it's 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 more like the Lakers in 2022, 2023. It was a move, an essential move that got them a role player that was key and essential to them winning a championship. It's not a splashy move. Point is, he's splashy. I think you're trying to de- you're trying to debate, you know, splashy moves resulting into championships or debate against that, and you think I'm debating for that when I'm not. I'm debating against splashy moves happening every year. And you're wrong. I'm telling you, Kristaps Porzingis going to the Mavericks from the Knicks. That's not a splashy move? What year was that? That was 2018, 2019? That was 2018, 2019. Congratulations. That's so I'm giving you, I'm giving you. You all gave me five years straight. You gave me yeah, five years straight. So exactly. I'm not going to ask for any more. You, want, you, you got it. Say that again. I won. Huh? Say that again. I won. I didn't say you won. You you did. You did. Rewind no, Jimmy Butler. No, Jimmy Butler. I didn't say you win. Jimmy Butler to the Sixers. That's not special. I didn't say you win anything. You did. I said, I said. I said. I said. I said. We can move on. Rewind the tape. I said you got it. Rewind. That's what I said. You There's said a difference. You got you it. I no, I, no. Rewind the rewind tape. It. I know what I said. I know rewind what I said. I said you got it. You just want to hear you what you slipped. want to hear. No, I did. I know what I said. Rewind the tape. You want me to rewind? I'm gonna rewind the tape right now. You froze. Oh, I thought yeah. I thought you were just staring at me. You were giving me like a death I was. stare. I was just death staring at you for your wrong comments on this on all of this. I gave you, I gave, I, I gave, I gave you. I said you got it. So let, rewind the tape. On. You Freudian slipped and said I won. Nope, you did. I would never. I would never. I don't know how I can pull. I'm gonna friggin' pull this up right now. I'm pulling it up too. I'm pulling it up right now. Don't you worry, sir. Hold on. 
I don't even know how how to pull. I'm gonna just have re-listen to our own audio here. Getting you, you five years straight. Yeah. So straight. So you, you want? You got they, see, I won. Share Delaware, who is backstage. <laughs> yeah. By what the are you way, about? who is backstage? He def started. He definitely started saying you won. Christoph Porzingis going to the Mavericks from the Knicks. That time a splashy move. What year was that? That was 2018, 2019. That was 2018, 2019. Congratulations. That's so awesome. I'm giving you, I'm giving you, you won, see, <laughs> everyone heard it, everyone heard it, <laughs> are you going to say you didn't say that? I almost said it, <laughs> I almost said it, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, Cher was right, I, I definitely was starting to say it. <laughs> Our pal Cher Delaware is here. <laughs> They've brought me on to talk about all my NBA knowledge of Steph Curry. We actually did. We said we just said that before I sent you the link. Like you're a basketball fan now because you like Steph Curry. <laughs> I actually know a lot about Steph Curry. That's back in my NBA era. I mean, most people know I was a jazz fan. That's why I don't watch basketball anymore. Um, but we were also Hornets fans. My family's from North Carolina. So jazz and Hornets. That's And he played for both. So, yeah. Uh, F. Curry's in the business of misery. So yes. I went over to, my dad had surgery last week. And I went over to see him. And he was like, that band that you went and saw, I'd never heard of them before. And then I was reading an article about Steph Curry getting on stage and singing with them. And I was like, well, I'm glad you don't give a shit when I listen to them. But when Steph Curry does, all of a sudden you care. <laughs> Steph uh, performing with uh, Paramore was, was something else. Not a, not a duo I thought I would see, honestly. No, and that was he was into it. He was an emo kid. I'm telling you, <laughs> I could tell by the way he sang that song. <laughs> uh, you know, Steph was the was the underdog. He, he was always he was thinner. He was smaller. Maybe got picked on a little bit, uh, despite being uh, a top tier basketball player. Probably even in high school. Certainly in college, uh, maybe he was he was still and went through hit his emo phase. Well, and there's always the weird kids that are like, your parents are rich and famous, so we're going to be mean to you. Yeah. No, those are the kids I'm going to be nice to. (laughs) 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 Let's be friends. I'm going to get invited to their birthday party. Right. (laughs) Right. Giving out ponies at their birthday party. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ashok's asking for favorite Paramore song. Share. My favorite Paramore song. uh, For a pessimist, I'm pretty optimistic, and Crush, 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 which they did not play either at the concert, but it was still really good. And it, I mean, it was just, it was a blast. It was so much fun. And then she canceled the last two stops of the tour because she has a lung infection. Yeah, I saw that. Barely at our concert in. She said <laughs> at our concert that she was on steroids and antibiotics. Wow. 
the the the, uh, the flu game for Haley Williams. We're going to see Offspring next week. Very, yeah, very excited to go see the Offspring. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm not like the biggest Offspring fan in the world, but but the wife likes them. Some Forty One is there. I do like uh, Some Forty One, their first album. So that'd be fun. Be a fun show. Concerts are just fun when you have kids because you don't have the energy, but you force yourself to have the energy. <laughs> so it's kids are the kids are not going. This is gonna be no, fun. Cause... No, I mean like. You don't have the energy. You're like, mm, I could just sleep right now. Like, <laughs> and my body hurt for a week after that concert. I'm like, I feel like I got ran over by a truck. What happened? No, we we are excited to just have a, a night out from everything. Uh, yeah. Go to the concert and yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. All right. Uh, we have the challenge. I've actually watched both episodes. Um, Cher, have you watched both episodes? No. Do you care if we spoil things? Spoil it. I'm probably not going to watch it. All right. SB3 has watched both episodes, I believe. Let's pull up our challenge draft. Let's let's try to set set things up a little bit as far as how this is working on things. Uh, so it is teams. You know, they had their the big group of. Yes, yeah, for now. Because there's only one guy, one girl winner. So everyone knows, everyone in the house knows, like, yeah, at some point we're going to be on our own. So we'll do the team stuff now, but we know this is going on our own. Uh, they brought in the six challenge legends. Um, you know, people like John A. and Pauly did not actually qualify for being a legend. Uh, they were part of the initial big group. John A. Every- John A. was in the legend. Was she? Yeah. Oh, all right, sure. Um, the way they got Josh, Fessy, and well, they're not um, Pauly were were with the regular group because they're yeah. considered CBS. A lot. Well, jo- yeah, well, Josh and Fessy aren't legends anyway. Um, that uh, that's also true. <laughs> <laughs> also I, I I I misremember John A. simply because, like, in the we're jumping way ahead now, uh, literally to the end of episode two, when she went up against Tori in the elimination, they made it seem like. Tori was the big legend here, and John A was just no, like, nobody. That that was the whole thing. They wanted two legends to be in the elimination. I'm talking about as, I'm talking about as the elimination was happening. They were like, "Oh, John A is like nobody," and Tori is like, "Look at this legend, like destroying this." this well, place. it's because it was a dominating yeah, performance by Tori. Like, it's it not, really it's was. not, it's not downgrading anything that John A accomplished. It was more like bananas. It was mainly bananas who was like. Yo, Tori is absolutely destroying John A right now. Like she, he, she's just overpowering her. She's just so big, and yeah, she. And but he was, and then you have also had Wes, who was like, you know, uh, John A, you know, losing is not good for his game because that's his number one. But he was like, Tori doing what she's doing is sending a message to all these rookies that don't mess with us vets. Yeah. Um. So they pick their teams, they, they get the, the legends come in, they pick teams, and the way it works is they do team games. The winning team gets to pick two people from either of the losing teams to go into elimination. And then the two losing teams do a blind vote, not a blind, a secret vote, uh, yes. and they can pick anybody from the losing teams to be, everybody gets a vote, secret vote, and they pick anybody from the losing teams to be potential to go into elimination. They pick little ping pong balls. They put the ping pong balls into the hopper. 
Uh, and then the hopper goes around. Whichever name gets picked, gets picked. You pick one guy, one girl, and whichever name gets picked. So say if a girl gets picked, then she faces the girl. The guy is safe from elimination. Yeah. I kind uh, of, because I missed the, day. yeah. miss the days when they used to have the blind votes, when everybody from a winning team would go in and vote and everything. Like I, I like that it's still not even really the majority. It's like, okay, if you only get one vote, then you have more than like, you know what I mean? But I like that. Yeah. I like that. Oh, we but saw, we I saw like, it. Oh, go ahead, SPT. Going in. Because I was like, I was saying, I was thinking that it was a lot like uh, Cutthroat. Because Cutthroat was a three-team season, and it had the secret vote. But this time, the, the key thing that makes this good is when you get to the elimination, they let you know who's in the tumbler and how many balls yeah. they got. So we, we saw it from the first episode, how that can like really change the game for any which person where they're thinking, oh, I, I can do this and no one's going to find out. But then they show the balls and like on the first elimination, someone from their own team voted for their own team because they yeah. figured out there was like there's there's eight people for our team, eight people for the other team. Why does our team have nine balls and the other team has seven balls? There's a rat. So I was like, oh, this is really good. This is this causes drama already. Like I have my friend watching it, not a real like challenge fan. And he was like only interested in watching the challenge parts, but he was like getting more interested into all of that. And that's what I was like, okay, this season has something. And I like that that makes it where there's not really a burn vote. Like, yeah. and it was just the majority rules. You could go in there and be like, okay, well, no one's going to vote for CT. So I'll just vote for CT. But like that's just an example obviously i know he's not on the show but then now if you get down there he still has a ball he has less chance of getting picked but he could still get picked so i like that a lot more i oh. i think it's a nice different change this season yeah i love the the format of it and sp3 mentioned it and i was going to bring it up is because they do show like the balls on the screen and stuff and sp3 uh, alluded to it all is okay so you have red team and uh green team who who were the losers from from the first one? Or sorry, red, red team and blue team lost the first yeah. one. Well, we uh, first first we have to uh, talk about the 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 initial voting of the teams because I I felt like that was an interesting part of it because bananas almost became yeah. Aaron Rodgers before <laughs> our eyes. How they did not pick him until like. Until there was like maybe like three or four guys left. But I'm, I'm like, my friend's watching it. He's like, I only know a few of these. People. He was like, I know Wes. I know Bananas. He was like, I, I've seen John A before. So he's interested in those people. And he's like, why is nobody picking picking Bananas right now? He was like, I thought he would be the next guy up. Like, they just bypassed. They picked Corey as the number one guy in, the, in that draft of teams. I've seen a lot of clips from the season so far, but I have not seen that. I have to know what his reaction was that he wasn't getting picked. First, you had Corey who just went like, ah, to both him and Wes. Then Wes <laughs> just said something like slick to him because he was the next guy chosen because uh, Desi chose him first. Uh, and he like said something slick to Bananas, probably like, that's two straight shows, man. I, I got picked. <laughs> 
before you. And then went up, went up, went up there or something. And But he like, yo, they just kept doing, they did like a quick montage of all the things. And then finally Josh was like, okay, I'm going to pick you. I'm going to pick you, Banana Man. You're on my team. Uh, but yeah, Josh was one of the captains. They had Cassidy, who I think is from Survivor as one of the captains, and Desi from season one of USA. So I, I, I already are based on those captains. I was like, I only know and like one of you and that's Desi. So I'm going to go with the green team. I was like, green team's mine. And then she picked West number one. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going with the green team, the money team. But she also was forced to pick uh, Amanda. So I don't know if that's a good thing <laughs> or a bad thing based on the first daily challenge. So the blue team won the, the first daily challenge. And so yeah, red team and green team picking against each other to put the hoppers in there. And and as SP3 mentioned, because they show who got balls in the hopper. So the red team was all like, okay, let's gang up and just put everybody pick this one player. Let, then, let, let's be let's be real here. You it was Josh. Josh immediately, when they come back to the house after the daily elimination, uh, daily uh, challenge, they go to him. And this was this was one of the funniest parts of this first episode. Josh goes to them and he's plotting. He's like, yo, we should team together. It should be us against the green team. And, you know, you know, I always got your bag. You know, I'm not trying to try to go after you. And Corey just straight up talk, looks at Josh. He was like, Josh, you're like so far down our list <laughs> of people that we're going after. And Tori, Tori with her best line in challenge history looks at Josh and she's like, Josh, you know, we don't want you to go home. You're not very good at this. <laughs> I'm like, yo, she, she laughed afterwards, but that was the truth. That was the truth. That was the, the most honest thing I've ever heard Tori Deal say on this show. That's truly the most honest thing she's probably ever said. <laughs> I, I will say I saw the, I saw like the clip of Polly being so stoked to be back on until he found out Josh was there. And I could not stop laughing. Like, and I love that Kara has been posting like on her IG stories, like her watching it and everything. And she just shits on Josh the entire time. And Josh picked him. Josh uh, picked him on the team, on his team. RJ is a friends, enemies, uh, closer. Yeah, keep your, keep your like, enemies yeah. closer. Yeah. Uh, somebody tweeted yeah. out a picture of Josh's team and was like, this may be the worst <laughs> team I've ever seen. <laughs> the worst, as far as like chemistry, yeah, yeah. this is the worst team like, that's not- probably ever been assembled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so- you got that, and then you got uh, well, what we would see during like the voting for this first elimination is that there's a rift between John A and Michelle, too. Yeah, so because, because that came that I will say that came down to Michelle during the the inter during their whole discussion because they had a whole discussion and they talked about the whole plan is oh we're gonna all vote for green and uh it's gonna be green hopefully it's gonna be green against green but Michelle when they was like okay what guy do we pick Michelle was the one who immediately was like oh let's cut off the head of the snake talking about Wes. Not realizing she was right next to Wes's number one. And Bananas is, is number one guy. So it's like, you're in a group with his two number ones. Why did you even suggest that? So as, as SP3 said, they, they show who was in the hopper. And everybody was agreed when they were in their group, agreed upon. Yeah, everybody from red picked somebody from green. And what happened was they did the math. 
and there were eight votes or there's supposed to be eight votes total should have been eight votes towards green turns out there was nine votes towards red so they realized oh wait a second somebody on red voted for a red player and it turns out that it was Jean A voting against Michelle because yeah she was not happy that Michelle wanted to target West and Michelle ended up getting picked for the first elimination her ball came out of the hopper and Michelle had to face Amira and Michelle won uh, Amanda by the way has been amazing just Amanda her beef MVP. with Michelle is so fun uh, it's hilarious her beef with Michelle and Tori yeah yes that's I saw the thing of when they like Michelle was like you did this like blaming her for it and she's like yeah. prove it bitch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yo Amanda is so hilarious and then they and then the second episode oh my god Wes is amazing Wes Wes steering the pot they come back for the second episode for the elimination after Michelle wins and Wes is like yeah Amanda wants to congratulate you on <laughs> Winning Michelle, and they start arguing and going at it. And it's like, oh man, everybody's like having a ball. Like you got people that are new, being like, oh, this is my first time experiencing live. That's what I love about having Wes on the seasons. Like I know his wife's going to have a baby now, so it's probably going to be a while before we see him back. But because he doesn't care, he doesn't need the money. He's just there for the competition now. And it's so funny because he's like, let's see how much shit I can start. <laughs> like, he doesn't care. <laughs> he's just whatever. <laughs> uh, second challenge, green team wins. And then green team. So when the blue team won the first challenge, everyone, Tori and Corey, basically controlled the vote for the blue team and got them to vote in Amira and Luis, who are just Amira and Luis, and people are like, we need to take big shots. We need to take big shots. Green team won, and they took their big shots because they got Bananas and Tori voted in to the elimination. And obviously, Bananas and Tori, two veterans on there. So they they took their big shots, and it's like, oh, okay. like Because you can do that in this game. There are less veterans. The veterans are trying to look out for each other. But even Wes, said, Wes was trying to look out for them. And Wes told Bananas, like, look, man, I tried. The Survivor Big Brother Alliance, that's pretty strong. I didn't realize how strong this alliance actually was. And they just completely overrode everything I had to say. So Tori and Bananas ended up getting voted down. And then we get the hopper pick. And Jaunet had the most balls in there. I think she had like five. And Jaunet, yeah. And Jaunet ended up. Because uh, they, they realized they had a meeting. They had a meeting with yeah, all red team nine had a players on the team. Out. And yeah. the only person in the not in the meeting is John Day. You know, I would I was like, John Day, I'm a fan of yours. You should have been in that meeting. What are we doing? Like you, you gotta you gotta be on top of your team right now to keep your identity hidden. And you weren't in the you the only one not in the meeting. Like, you made it that easy for them to figure out it was you. So when she had five balls in the in the hopper, I was not surprised. And I got to give it up, though, uh, talking about the the putting in bananas and Tori. Michaela, she did it. She's turning it around. She's turning it around from that first season of the challenge because she was the she's the ringleader right now. 
And she talked about it. I think she talked about either the first episode or beginning of the second episode where she was like, yeah, um, you know, I have I have relationships and I cater the I cater to them. I, I nurture them. I am friends with this person, that person, that person, this person, that person, this person, that person, this person. It's not just Survivor for me. It's Survivor and Big Brother. I'm bringing them all together and we're going to take care of these veterans and Literally, she said that at the beginning and executed it in this second episode. I was like, bravo, bravo. That, that's one of the most masterful jobs that I've seen from a rookie or new player in quite some time in, in the challenge. So Jane ended up getting picked uh, to go against Tori. And it was basically like a ball drops. It's like a Plinko drop. And you have to catch the ball and then score it into the basket. But it's a physical elimination as well, because if the ball hits the ground, it's it's a dead uh, elimination. And the silver balls are worth more points than, than the black ones. Uh, and Tori won like 29 to like 15, just dominated, dominated Jane. And as I, I mentioned earlier, like the veterans were even like, uh, yeah, uh, Jane looked like a rookie out there. Like they, Tori just destroyed her in this challenge. And Tori, of course, is happy to go back to the house. Uh, there was the kind of twist. It hasn't been utilized yet, but the winner of the elimination can defect and join another team and replace a player. It can be either team. It can be uh, even the team that won. They can replace a player on that team, but Tori did not utilize it. She stayed uh, with her team, and Michelle didn't utilize it. She stayed with her team as well. So the teams are still the same. At some point, Somebody will likely defect, and we'll see how that works out. You know, the girls, we've already got two girls eliminated on this show. And I, I you know, this is my producer hat, as uh, Derek like, likes to say, or uh, of, uh, you know, Bananas had a lot of balls in for the first one, had a lot of lottery balls in. And the Bananas was part of the second elimination as possible. Both times I was like, Giant Bananas ain't going home this early. They're going to set this up to where he definitely ain't getting picked for this lottery nonsense. They got the frozen envelope on this one. That ain't happening. Ain't getting picked from that. And even this one, I was like, oh, bananas and Tori, like one, one way or another, it's possible that one of them goes in there or one of them's definitely going in there and one of them goes home. And I was like, oh, they ain't risking bananas. This early. Don't risk Tori. Sure. They ain't risking bananas this early. Not this early. And sure Not enough. This, sure enough. Stayed in there. Stayed in there. Yeah, uh, I, I figured that as well. When Vanessa went down there, I was like, yeah, Tori's definitely going in. But it, I will say, I, I will put um, some shenanigans, uh, uh, propose, or uh, basically uh, put them up for shenanigans because it seems very too convenient that Michelle was picked when Jane put the extra ball in for her. So it was basically like Jane's ball got picked. And then Jane goes up against the other vet of Tori. It seems very convenient. These tumbler picks, very convenient. I mean, that's that's how. That's are you saying the challenge is rigged? SP three, is that what you were saying here? How dare how you? Dare you? Oh very convenient. God. That's what I'm saying. All right, SP three has lost Jane. Tell oh, there goes that. And I finally, pick her. She gets eliminated. Second episode. And I lost Amira, who was my last round pick, so I'm not too. Upset. So basically, I'm winning. 
Yeah, I mean, technically, yes, you were the chat. <laughs> You're winning, yeah. Yeah, you were the, the chat. chat. Is obviously winning with Josh Martinez. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Josh Martinez. Yeah. Okay, so I missed that. How did they determine who was the captains? The lottery the balls Miller. picked, yeah. So it was very just a random, and the cap being the captain like doesn't seem to really mean anything. It was just you got to pick the pick. team because every. Even even though Desi kind of took responsibility as being the captain of the team, she did the the second elimination was basically like you have to climb you're you're above water on a contraption and you have to climb like these these poles and it's basically like these poles that go back and forth and you have to get from one pole to the next and it determines like how many people you can get across and Desi did it uh, they had two heats for every team and Desi did it twice because green team had one less player. And she made it across both times. Oh, uh, I'm enjoying this this season so far. It's only two episodes in, but I like the format. I like just the voting, how that's working out. The I don't want to. They're not twists. It's part of the game, but there's a lot of ways that can like influence the game. And even though we know, you know, the the challenge gods will set some certain things up that doesn't seem to be a whole lot of like big workarounds on this either a lot of ways to cause drama which we've already seen with um john a going against her own team type of thing people being able to defect the cast is good like amanda is what is who she is as a player but like as a personality amazing amazing addition or return to to the actual show uh it's always still funny to me to have to see wes and bananas aligned because you know wes even said it here of like i'm gonna make fun of bananas i'm gonna take my shots and stuff but like i'm looking out for him like i'm that that's my guy i'm it's so weird no matter it's been a few seasons now it's so weird to see them like actually align but they realize like look we we're the veterans but like we don't have the numbers on our side like we used yeah. to. Like we can't manipulate these people into being our side. Like we gotta kind of team up and help each other out on this. So it's always weird when when that happens. And they know that at some point it's gonna come down to singles. It might come down to doubles before it comes down to singles. We'll see how that plays out. You know, they like to throw in random twists in the middle of the, the season, but I really like the the voting format. And just the overall format of the show right now. Yeah, I mean, and when you think about it, back when bananas and back when bananas and West were such big rivals, every season there was maybe three new people that hadn't been on a season before. You know, like it was the same people kind of rotated in and out where they could have the rivalries. And now it's like, oh, okay, I know three people here. So like they, and I mean, just looking at that cast list, there are so many people from survivor. Like, yeah. Oh my Lord. So many people from survivor has, I don't pay enough attention. Has anyone from survivor actually won a challenge? Um, yeah. Last uh, USA, USA yeah, season like one, Sarah and uh, Danny are both from survivor. Oh, they're both from survivor. Okay. Yeah. And Michelle and, uh, and I mean, Turbo. Turbo is from Survivor. Oh, yeah. I always forget Turbo. Turbo. Yeah. 
Turbo was just kind of a serial killer, so I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some serial like killer own world that Brunelman Murray found and put on <laughs> War of the Worlds. It's terrifying. All right, SP3, pull up your your tier list here. Yeah. Uh... Oh yeah. Jerome YouTube is back, y'all. Oh, here's Jerome. <laughs> here's Jerome YouTube with a tier list. Folks. What is this accent? <laughs> With the tier list, folks. Uh, we, got a, we got a tier list. You got to add it. All right. Uh, there. There we go. All right. There's our tier list. Where Let's we, do uh, this. Where, where we left Jerome off. Jerome YouTube here. Where we left off last week with our challenge goats at top, uh, led by Cara Marie, Maria. Uh, we got Legend slash OG, led by Diem. We got Memorable Player, led by Kyle. We got Your Messi, led by Abram. Seems appropriate. Uh, why are you even here? Led, led by, by Ace. <laughs> and Trash, led by Bear. Trash. So, we got starting off here a big gun. We got Nani. Nani's here. Where do we put Nani, folks? Oh, Nani's not a bad player. Nani's no. not good enough. Yeah, I would say I feel... messy or memorable. It's got to be memorable. I like would it... say. Memorable. I can't say messy. Like she's a little messy, she, but she's improved. She's improved on the messiness. Yeah, I got. I gotta say memorable. I mean, Nani took such a long time off, which probably wasn't that long, but they used to do like three seasons a year, so it felt like it was long. When she had her boyfriend who like didn't let her go on the show. And she was someone that I would always be like, hmm, I wonder if Nani's gonna come back. Like she was memorable in that sense, but she just she's never going to win. Now she's just memorable for not winning. <laughs> like yeah. That's sort of where she's at. She's in the she's in the group, except like Anissa's just not good and is never gonna win. Nani at least can keep up with people. She just yeah. she's never gonna win. If she wins, I will be shocked. Gotta go on like all stars to potentially win. Maybe. Maybe she can do that. That might work for her. I think she can uh, win all stars. Next we got Nehemiah. I say legend OG or memorable player. Probably memorable. I don't consider him like a legend. He's been on on so many all-star seasons. Yeah, they've putting him on freaking all-stars. And has he won any of them? No, he's made two finals though. He's made two finals. Won any of them. Yeah, I know. I look, I'm in memorable. I don't think he's (laughs) he's won one overall. He won Gauntlet three, but he's won one overall. He's made two finals in All Stars. I think he's memorable. I don't consider him to be like one of the greatest players ever. I'm like, oh, Nehemiah's on the season. He's got a shot, but I wouldn't put him as like the favorite. Exactly. Well, next we have Jeremy's goat, Nelly T. Nelly T. Goat. Don't. Goat. <laughs> don't you do? You're not changing my pick. Don't <laughs> say either either memorable or messy. We can put him in memorable. Goat. He 
Split the difference I'll and put him in legend, you cowards. No! I'll put him, I'll put him, I'll put him high up on memorable. See? There put him go. in legend, you cowards. <laughs> we got Hurricane Naya next. Say memorable or messy? Messy. My first instinct. She, is she improved on the messiness in recent. I think she's improved, but that's still what she's known for. Yeah, and it's not like if you look at her actual like performances, they're not very good. No, like, I think that she's good maybe, at eliminations. I think maybe if she did more seasons, she would be more memorable and not memorable for being messy. Yeah, I I think I'm in. I'm I'm voting messy. Next we got Paula Walnuts. Messy. The the messiest. <laughs> and I love I, I like, you know, like she's married and she's got three kids and like she's full mom mode now. And all I can think of is drunk ass Paula like falling down. <laughs> Yo, like you you know what's crazy is that I feel like she's one of the more polarizing challengers because you either think of her as one thing or the complete opposite. A lot of people want to focus on the fact she's a two-time challenge winner and consider her like one of the all-time like top 10, top 15 well, female challengers. While others, I got asked the other day, who do you think is like the biggest loser of the challenge or like came close and would always like get let down? I thought of Paula instantly. I was like, I think of Paula at the island where she was riding with with Johnny and Kenny in them, and then they rejected her when Evelyn had a key, and they put Evelyn on their boat and just rejected her to another one. Paula was always, like, the second choice for for that group. And then her and Dunbar had such a weird friendship, relationship, whatever they had. I mean, was it Rivals? Wasn't it Rivals that she was on? Who was she partners with? Rivals was uh, Evelyn, where she won. Yes. So she was like, would she have won that if she wouldn't, if that wouldn't have been her partner? You know what I mean? Like, she definitely got. The two times she won, she had Evelyn and Emily. Yeah. Evelyn and Emily as her partners, ladies and gentlemen. All I could really say about Paula is she's very smart who she's a rival with. Because she's with one person who's in the GOAT and one person who was fringe GOAT for us. I gotta tell you, this is no no offense to poor Paula. Because I'm sure that she is a lovely person now that she has grown up and has children and a family. When I was like 12 and she was on TV, I thought that bitch was like 50 years old. <laughs> like, she had such a smoker's voice. Yes. She did. I, yeah. Like she just she looked rough all the time, and I thought she was like fifty. <laughs> I'm oh so sorry, God. Paula Walnuts. <laughs> Paula Walnuts. So where we put her? Memorable? Messy. No, messy. 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 I yes. love that. The, the the absolute messiest of all messy. <laughs> it's like we know you as a drunk. Uh, Polly. <laughs> Polly's here. I'm going to say memorable. Yeah, I can't put him as like a legend or anything until he wins. Like, he has none. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely memorable. Yeah, also, definitely definitely. A little I, messy. But... I want to know who let him freaking invade Ryan Gosling's closet. For the- I was, yes, I was like, who is this? 
I could <laughs> not keep tagging me. I've been tagged in so many pictures of him and his big fur coats and his crop tops and stuff. And I'm like, this is amazing. Even with the bleached hair, too. It's perfect. He looks like he got turned down to play the role of Ken in the Barbie movie. Like, <laughs> and he can't get over it. Okay, continue. He's, he's, he's dressing like the white Kanye West. Uh, we got here Rachel Robinson next. I say Legend OG. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like I, I don't... think at one point she was a, a goat, but there's been yeah, other girls. That's what that I was gonna say. I don't remember so much of what she did because it's been so long now. She won she won the duel too. That's, yeah, I think that's her biggest accomplishment. I we got Robin Messi. <laughs> oh, poor Robin. Also one of the messiest. Yeah. One of the all-time messiest. Like, we got to put her high up. High up here. Uh, next, we got Ryan. I mean, why are you even here? Why are you even here? <laughs> it took me a while to figure out, like, I was like, okay, Ryan, yeah, why are you even here? Uh, Sarah, which goes back all the way to season seven, The Gauntlet. She's the she still holds the all time record for most elimination wins by a rookie. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to say OG. That's fair. That's fair. Because she's not the Sarah that most people think of anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah. He was like one of my favorites then. Um, I will say this before we move on um, in regard to Robin. We put Robin in messy because Robin was messy. But that has nothing to do with her post-challenge struggle. Yes. She did yes. just out of jail like a couple weeks ago and i hope that she can stay clean now yes 100 percent agree next we got the the actual sarah that everybody thinks of when they think <laughs> of the challenge sarah rice. sarah rice legend og yeah i think, I think if OG. i think if she would have continued on after johnny took the money she may have been a goat she probably would have won one more it really sucks that she was going to sign on to do All-Stars, but they wouldn't put her on the same season as Susie. Because that was, like, her one thing was, I'll go if you get Susie. Like, people want to see that. <laughs> like, put them yeah. on. <laughs> uh, so, Sarah, we're going Legend OG? Yeah. All right. We'll put her eye up here. She belongs there. All right. Next, we got... Shane, messy. Oh, Shane's messy. messy. <laughs> oh my god, I love Shane too, but man, is he messy! Right next to her, his fellow lavender lady. <laughs> uh, who are you? Is that Trishel? I think that's Trishel. Let me zoom in. I cannot see. Is that Susie? I hate. That's Susie. Is that Susie? Yeah, I think you're right. It is Susie. No, you gotta look, yeah, it's, it's it'd be an S. Yeah, Susie. So yeah, Susie. Yeah, it's Susie. Uh, Where we got Susie? Legend OG too? I think Legend OG. I, yeah, I think so. 
Susie's probably the smartest person that's ever been on the challenge. Yeah, this is true. She's another person that, like, if she just did more, I mean, she she won or was in the final of, like every season she was in. I think. Yeah, like, yeah, I think she so. just. Yeah, she just didn't do a lot of them. But like, if she did more, she definitely would have been like a, a goat status. Well, and I think a lot of the reason that she didn't do a lot of them is because she is so intelligent, and she knew the way that they treated everybody was dog shit. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I'm not being treated like that. I'm a fucking doctor. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> deuces. Next, yeah. we have the real goat here, Sephlana, who only played one season, the duel, but was rookie of the year, made it to the final, Sephlana. I hope they bring her back for a season of All-Stars. But memorable mm-hmm. player, for real. Yeah. Another Are you Johnny, memorable uh, for one season? What yes, people people still ask about her. They do when they when literally when whenever the challenge puts up who is one challenger that played one season that you want to see back on the challenge, they get a a, a, a plethora of Sephlana shoutouts. Fine. Plus the duel the duel is like one of the best seasons of all time. Fine. And and on that list of memorable things, DMCT West winning Sephlana. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next, we got Cyrus. Memorable or legend? Memorable. Memorable. Can't quite put him in the legend category. I feel you. He kind of got downgraded in the last few seasons. Next, we got Theo. Theo Campbell. Memorable. Is this Theo that lost an eye? Yes. I I guess memorable, yeah. Uh, what was, oh, that's uh, the other Theo, Theo Vaughn, former champion, now comedian. Interviews wrestlers. Yep. What do you think we should put him, Jeremy? Probably memorable. I can't quite go legend. I um, would. Say- Next we got who are you? Um <laughs> Is that your show? Zooming. Maybe. Because we are see. up the seas, right? Who are you? Um, no, that's Teresa. Okay. Oh my god, that is like the worst. That doesn't <laughs> she just has that does not look like her at all. All right, Teresa. We're with Teresa. Um, I'm torn. I'm torn between memorable and and legend. I'm I'm, I'm leaning towards messy memorable. or memorable. I'm leaning towards memorable. Okay, well we all said memorable. So. <laughs> Next we got Timmy. That's the old school for the old school fans. Timmy from way back when. I think his last season was Inferno Three. Which was season fourteen? Oh my god! I I I gotta see what year that show came out. I mean, I just, he's, I'd say he's, memorable. Yeah, memorable. A lot of these like older players who only did a couple of seasons. Like it's it's tough to put them in as a legend status, even though they like did well. It's tough to put them as the legend status unless they won like oh, all of them. That was two thousand seven. Yeah. 
Over 16 years ago. Christ, we're old. <laughs> Tina, legend. Messy. Go. Go. Messy, <laughs> a messy legend, but still a legend. Yeah, it's messy so legend. Messy. She is, but we love her for it. Yes. Oh, talk about. Oh, we might have a new a new person at the top on the messy board. Tanya. Tanya. Oh, Tanya's Tanya. here. Messy. Uh, Messy, yeah. Yeah. Poor Tanya. Poor Tanya. Uh, I, uh, what's his name? Um, always used to cheat on his girlfriend. Tony Time! Tony Time, yes. I, I was about to say, always cheats on his girlfriend and got slammed by Corey for some pasta. Yes, it's Tony Time. Legend. Remember, you going legend? Legend. I love Tony. He if rules. Tony in his pants, his freaking girlfriend would let him come on the show. <laughs> Are you agreeing with the legend? I have him at memorable. Well, what do you think? Tony friggin' Chair, rules. You, you break this tie. Love Tony. I don't care. And no matter how messy he was, he was so entertaining. <laughs> Tony time. Next, we got Tori. Brad's Tori, not uh, the Tori we hate. That's weird deal. Not on this list, amazingly. Yeah, crazy. Um, Brad's story, I would say is like an OG. Like, yeah, I would have said memorable. She was dominant when she was on there. She was um, two-time challenge winner. Yeah, she came back. At least she came back for a couple of later seasons. Not like current later seasons, but later she, than somebody like Theo or Timmy. Yeah, she just had a baby like two years ago, so yeah. she may do like Tur a Turbo Messy. If you're putting Svetlana as memorable, I don't know if it gets more memorable than Turbo, who okay. was only there for, what, two seasons? Won one of them, nearly murdered everybody, but and the other I would one, say legend. He's a legend. Honestly, I agree. <laughs> I legit think Turbo could have been like one of the best ever if he just. I do. That's what makes me so mad about it. If he could have <laughs> killed. He just can't control himself. Uh, next, we got Tyler, who I think memorable or legend. Um. Memorable. Memorable. Uh, Tyree, trash. Trash. Yes. Uh, who are you? Oh, Veronica. Uh, I struggle with Veronica. Legend or might? I might even go as far as goat. I don't mm. think goat. Oh, I, I can't go goat. You can put legend. My issue with Veronica is she has lived the last 10 years off of what she did 20 years ago. Yes. And it's like, okay, Bananas and CT and all them were on their way back then too, but they can still perform now. <laughs> like she can't, she doesn't do anything. And then she comes on there and acts like everybody should bow down to her. And she's just... She's not good anymore. And I don't know if she would have been good at the person that she was 20 years ago if it was as difficult as it is now. It was freaking carnival games back then. Like, Also true. 
Next we got, oh, immediately go Weston Berg Bergman. Yes, go is fine. What we know. You say that like you disagree a little bit. What do you? What do you? What? what, You can't have it's. It's goat. It's greatest of all time. Why? Why are we having multiple? You know what? what you want you know faces what? of the challenge? What do you want a different title for the tier? Jesus, yes, I did. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zach. Oh, messy. Mad. He's memorable, but man, trash. <laughs> trash. Yeah. He won't stay off of Jenna. <sighs> Stay okay. off that woman. Get off her. I don't know if you guys saw the clip recently. He was interviewed and bragging about how he does not help with those babies. About how oh, he makes her get up through the night. He's never changed a diaper. He doesn't help do anything. And I'm like, oh, Janet is she's just not smart. <laughs> And, like, she knows she's not very smart. But, like, stop getting... They're going to have three under three. And he doesn't help. Like... He sucks. Um, Episode of Snapped is what's going to happen. (laughs) Happen. We're going to see Jenna on Snapped, where she's freaking shoved a diaper down his throat or something. Like, oh, my God. And... Like, I think we all kind of assumed he was probably the guy who didn't help with kids. But the fact that he was bragging about it, like, I have never changed a diaper. What is wrong with you, you dumbass? Like, disgusting. He sucks. A terrible human. Okay. So I think go up to goats. All right. So we got in the goats, Cara Maria, CT. Evelyn, Coral, Bananas, Jordan, Ashley, Millionaire Mitchell, and Wes. Okay, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to agree with Jeremy for a minute and think we need to put it down to three and three. Three girls and three guys. So I would take out Coral and Jordan. And I would put I can agree with that. I think that's disrespectful to Jordan, but <laughs> okay, Jordan, well then man. who who are you removing from those three? Or from I think it four? should be four and four. <laughs> it's the greatest wall. You can't have Hey, no. they, yeah, I've seen I've seen I've seen I've seen five on five. See personally five people. Dumb. For the dumb. women it's easier because those three are from different eras. Yeah. yeah. Evelyn was the greatest in her era, then Kara, then Millionaire Mitchell. Okay. Millionaire Mitchell and Kara had a little bit of a like overlap, Crossover. but yeah, Ashley didn't really get good until Kara was kind of done. But the other three have been doing three five years. So what do you want me to do? I can't be like, oh well, the greatest of this era when they're eighty seven years old, still going out there doing challenges, like <laughs> still winning challenges too. So well, I mean, that doesn't help when freaking Bunham and Murray is obsessed with Johnny Bananas. He's going to win a challenge when he's 62 years old. Like, that's yes. just the way He'll be on enough of them where he'll have to win. Yes. There won't be any. Jordan else- has the highest percentage of anyone as far as seasons to championships. 
Who does? Jordan. How many seasons has Jordan done? How many wins overall or just main challenge seasons? How many just main challenge seasons? Three seasons, three straight. He won a T A one uh pairs, battle of the X's, took some seasons off, came back for dirty 30 and won a single, which is probably the most most accomplished and most impressive final win of all time. He did it on one leg and beat CT and Derek. And yeah. then he then he took a couple of seasons off, came back for War of the Worlds too. And despite being the whole USA team he was on being against them, he jumped over to, to the weaker UK team and won with CT and uh, Rogan and D. So he won three straight of three different types of challenges. And okay, then, take- then he added on the world, the world Championship, which I think should be viewed as like a main challenge season because it pretty much was because it had most of the challenge legends. And he won that as well against guys like Wes and Bananas. Okay, take out Wes and put Jordan in the goats. No. <laughs> either it's either it's either all four or, or no Jordan. I gave you a solution. It's like you are not doing this to Weston Bergman. <laughs> You're not doing this to Weston Bergman. I gave you a solution. No, I gave you the solution. Wait, to me. These- Put these four he would be the one and i love west but to me it would be bananas and ct are the top two and it would have to be yeah. between two what's funny is if ct wouldn't have came back after he was crazy he would never even be in that conversation yes that is true how do we rank this though how do we put this ranking of these four or these six oh gosh I- forcing me to put <laughs> Only six. I think I think Kara is the greatest woman. Yeah. I think I would I would have Ashley probably above Evelyn, just because Evelyn was on it more when it wasn't as difficult, and she hasn't been on in a long time. Who knows if Ashley will ever get to be on again? Because Josh. Yeah, I don't. They should. I mean, they so. should bring back Ashley and whatever concessions they got to make elsewhere on the casting. So I was actually reading something. Um, Josh was not the one who got Ashley sent home. Josh was not oh. upset by what Ashley said. Tori was no, the one heard. who went and complained about it. Tori deal. Tori deal. Now we got the uh, legends here. So we got DM Mark. Jordan should be a goat. Darrell, uh, Coral, another goat. Uh, we got the Miz, Sarah Rice, Emily, Landon, Derek, uh, Jody, Alton, Kahuta, Cam, Katie, Laurel, Leroy, Rachel, Sarah, other Sarah, um, Susie, Tina, Tony Time. Tori, Turbo, Veronica. I feel good about that list. Yeah. All right. Then we got memorable players. Kyle, Nellie T, Kellyanne, Brad. Who are you? Oh, Beth. Uh, Cassie or Casey? Casey. Yeah. Casey. Think, think that's Casey? Is that Casey? Yeah, that's yeah, Casey. Yeah, that's Casey. 
Corey, uh, Devon, Hunter, Jenna, Joanna, Nani, Nehemiah, Polly, Safana, Cyrus, Theo Campbell, Theo Vaughn, Teresa, Timmy, Tyler. I feel good about that. Polly deserves to be at the top of honorable players. Sure. This is FMC, folks. I don't make the rules. Uh, you're you're messy. Uh, I'm just to roam you two. Just follow the rules. Uh, you're messy. Abram. Messy. Adam. Messy. Robin. Frank. Amanda. Nicknamed the devil. Shane. Georgia. Jemmy. Jen. Kayla. MJ, Hurricane Naya, who are you again? Um, oh, Paula, <laughs> Tanya, and Zach. Yeah. Why are you even here? Uh, Ace, e Big Easy, still Kara. Yeah, Kara, the other Kara. Still don't know your name. Um, Ebis, I think. Yeah, um, something like that. Uh, Jamie Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought that. I think that's his full name. Uh, this girl and Ryan. This girl. <laughs> I was like, this girl here. All that. Uh, Trash. Bear. Anissa. Camilla. Danny. Dunbar, Evan, Kenny, and Tyree. There you have it, folks. The FMC, the challenge tier list presented by Jerome YouTube. Jerome YouTube. Oh my I God. I need to make a tier list of um, Paramore songs now. Oh, geez. And then. <sighs> And then send it to Steph Curry. <laughs> Let's see if we can get Steph Curry on this show just to talk about Paramore. I'm going to be like, hello, I've heard you are the child of one Mr. Del Curry. I have never heard <laughs> but I told, I was told you like Paramore. Did you know Steph Curry has a brother? I did. He has a sister, too. Oh, there you go. See, you know more than I do. She knows the whole family tree. Yeah. He's married to somebody in the NBA, too. And his brother's married to another NBA player's wife or sister. Keeping that. One. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, do we have anything else to do, Jerome? YouTube. Oh God. No, folks. I'll have another tier list very, very soon. Don't okay. worry. I know you guys need okay, your worry. tier list, and that is why <laughs> Jerome YouTube will provide you with more tier lists. You just let me know in the comments down below okay. and uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. Hit the subscribe buttons and come visit us here at FMC at Jerome YouTube. Please. Don't don't do any of that. Do you have anything to plug, SP3? Um, keeping up with Jerome YouTube coming to uh, TLC very soon. Uh, TLC. Follow me on at True Heel SP3. Soon, I when I get verified, it will be at Jerome YouTube. Don't you worry. 
And no, you can also see me over at True Hill Heat YouTube channel in a little while. Hopefully, I don't know. I work with someone who drinks a lot. His name is Sober Guy JJ. <laughs> Not very sober. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, we're doing Collision Discourse. Where we're reviewing AEW Collision. Should be today. A week ago. Probably be tomorrow. That was like a week I, ago. I know. I wanted to do it on Sunday. But like I said, I work with a recovering alcoholic. Doesn't sound like he's recovering very well. <laughs> Cher, do you have anything to plug? Um, No, not really. Just Fair. check out old jerome's list over there check out jerome youtube's tier list uh thank you both as always we'll be back next week school starts uh, we gotta get up at six o'clock that'll be fun it hasn't um, yet no it starts this week we're on our fourth day of school really oh no yeah this week is a uh, start of school so i'll have my coffee ready okay. next week folks. Quiet. yeah quiet. I'll be up early. I'll be I'll be good to go because I'll be up. I'll probably have a bunch of stuff already done by then and be fine. We'll be back next week. Maybe Damian Lillard will call his general manager a bitch or something to really heighten his trade request. He's got to up his game now that James Harden has called his general manager a liar. We'll talk about the challenge, recap the challenge, talk about other fun stuff as well. Thank you to Share and SP3 as always. We might folks, do a tier list on splashy moves next. Oh, <laughs> you're gonna need my help because clearly you don't remember any of them and no, i don't, I don't. Uh, <laughs> you're definitely gonna need my help on that 2018 2017 <laughs> all that stuff all right everybody we'll talk to y'all next week bye everyone